What's up, everyone? Uh, just wanted to go through and say that we had some problems with our actual episode 105. Um, so we're actually going to post episode 106 as 105. So just ignore the references and so forth to 106. And we're going to get back to the questions that we answered in 105 in the next episode, uh, which will be posted up next week. So enjoy this episode and so forth. Just uh, ignore the references to the episode prior. Thanks. Welcome to the Two Idiots Talk Health and Fitness Podcast. If you like went through and mapped out your entire week that you were awake of like what you're doing um, and wrote it in like one hour blocks or something like you will be very surprised at how not busy you are. You just you just become busy with like stupid stuff. Each week we sit down to bring you practical, actionable health and fitness information and help you sit through all the noise. Like commitment is so underrated. Like if you want anything, if you want any, anything in life, any progress whatsoever, like you just got to commit to it. Like that's just, that's the fact. We hope you enjoy this week's episode of Two Idiots Talk Health and Fitness with Ryan and Tyler. What's up, everyone? Episode 106. Episode 105 concluded about 10 minutes ago. And if you're following along, <laughs> if you watched episode 105, which again, if you didn't, make sure you go back and watch that. Just, just a, a, a picturesque, almost fake-looking backdrop here in our hotel room with downtown indianapolis the capitol building right behind us lit up looks amazing in episode 105 you saw a nice gradual sunset as the episode went along you saw the lights starting to come on now this thing looks like a goddamn castle behind us sick i mean i'm waiting for the queen to pop out dang and and hop into a, a rolls royce or something and, and go for a <laughs> cruise i mean this thing is looking amazing if you're just doing audio only for episode 105, 106, and probably 107 at least, you're just doing yourself a disservice. Mm. I mean, not only is the video version just better on a regular basis anyway, but now with this just beautiful backdrop of downtown Indianapolis, I don't see how we ever record a podcast another way. Yeah, it's tough. I think we're just going to have to do them in six-week batches and just just book a hotel room in different cities with beautiful views for, and, and just record a chunk of them. Cause you know, you go from this to my basement it, it or my basement, it ain't work, you know? Yeah. So uh, make sure you go back, check out episode one Oh five. If you haven't, uh, we answered a lot of great questions. We talked about stuff. Uh, we talked about uh, how to build muscle. We talked about, uh, BMI talked about why it sucks. Yeah. Low back uh, exercises talked about, yeah. Some ways to alleviate low back tightness and pain and strengthen your lower back to kind of bulletproof it and the pain spectrum. Yeah. And then we talked about, um, you know, how, how you should be approaching your workouts from like a difficulty and soreness and all that kind of, kind of standpoint. So a lot of good questions in our first, uh, first ever out of state episode, 
uh, first ever dual hotel room episode. Uh, yeah. uh, first ever episode with this quality of a backdrop. Hmm. Uh, so make sure you go back and check that out, but we're going to bring more heat. Oh yeah. We're going to bring more heat in episode 106 and episode 105. We briefly mentioned how we had just got in, had dinner, went for a run, uh, when it was 87 degrees, but what we didn't talk about, which was on that run. I don't know if anybody's been to Indianapolis. This is first time for me. This first time for me. Running through down, I mean, right down the street, we got Lucas Oil Stadium a block away. Yeah. We got the Capitol building right here with a George Dub statue. A lot of museums, a lot of yeah. art, nice clean city. Oh, yeah. But they got a beautiful canal. There's, yeah. There's like just, a sick canal just, that goes through just, the city. Just running right through the middle of the city. It's awesome. I mean, amazing walkways on both sides. We did a majority of our two mile run, took place on the walkway there. They got swan paddle boats. <laughs> You can hop into a swan and paddle boat this canal. You can get in a kayak and go down the canal. I got to be honest with you. I might move here. It's a nice city. I might move here. I mean, this is this is beautiful. It's a, it's a nice city. If you haven't been, highly recommend. Just a short, about five and a half hour jaunt. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. From, uh, from Pittsburgh, so uh beautiful beautiful city through through day one here mm. you know i know we're planning a little early morning coffee yeah. exploration walk tomorrow just to see some maybe maybe we'll, you know the, the the canal would be nice but i think the canal might keep going towards the stadium too it does because we stopped where they're having that little rally yeah <laughs> i don't know what they were talking about but yeah uh, we yeah. kind of turned it around there and that baby kept going for a while which i think that direction was towards the stadium i uh, but i don't know i call boy know. scouts after a week so i don't have no. a good compass but no. uh awesome awesome time so yeah. far great hotel room yeah. Amazing dinner on the uh, first first option that we took tonight. So. Some possible free drinks out of the vending machine. Yeah, not sure what happened. <laughs> not there. sure what's going we on got with a Starbucks that. in the lobby. We oh, can fuel man. up before uh, so, before the seminars yeah. and stuff tomorrow. So it's gonna be good. It's only the first night. We're having, dare I say, the time of our lives. Yeah, it's going great. I mean, going great. Again, hope you're not too distracted by the backdrop here. Um, so yeah, nice. because we are we are bringing some heat on these answers so yeah we're coming in strong i don't know what time we started this one we got to keep better track of how long these yeah, things probably are should. But, uh, again video version if you're listening to the audio go ahead and finish that up and then maybe do a double back to really absorb the information by taking in the video version as well mm. uh because this is this is award-winning this is local news-esque when they got the cityscape in the background oh, there's yeah. usually fake that's true. This is real deal. This is a real deal. This is this is live and living color back here. So we also should definitely take a picture of the setup. Just, I did. Uh, like, oh yeah, that's what you did. You did. You did. I did from over there. Yeah, from the backside. Um, Our lovely tripod. Yeah, we're 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 hustling. I mean, it's it's nine thirty at night on a Tuesday. Yeah, we we could. Your average man <laughs> would be laying in one of these comfortable beds, watching a watching hockey game, some playoff hockey, Carolina hoops just obliterating we're boston out, we're out here on our own time bringing you guys up oh, my sleep thing's going off bringing you guys i mean it's a stop no that's good <laughs> bringing you guys some quality answers to questions that uh you know 
thankfully you guys submitted that I'm sure a lot of people also have. So shout out to the people that actually stepped up to voice those questions because you're helping out more people than just yourself. That's exactly uh, right. And we appreciate that. So hopefully you appreciate this hustle. All right. I got a decaf here. Uh, yeah. I'm ready to go. 930 at night. Yeah. We're, we're having time of our lives. Might never come back. You guys are on your own. Oh man. All right. Here we go. Diving in. Question number one on Q&A episode two from downtown Indy. Uh, this one's coming from Monique in Leechburg. How does heart rate play a role in strength training and exercise? Kick it off, brother. Really good question. This came out of uh, me training Monique last week, doing some strong AF conditioning. Uh, she was not too happy with me uh, doing that workout, but uh, it did get, bring up this question, which uh, is a really, really good one. So we've talked a little bit before about like the whole idea, or I shouldn't say idea, but the concept of aerobic and anaerobic. Um, and, you know, most people have a general idea that aerobic is dealing more with, um, you know, conditioning and, and things like that, cardiovascular um, activity, things along those lines. Anaerobic obviously is the other way around. Ryan's explained the full concept of that, you know, in some prior episodes, um, you know, one is with oxygen, one is without oxygen, um, things like that. So when we're looking at heart rate and strength training, one of the main things, and it goes for cardiovascular health too, but one of the main things we're looking at is the recovery aspect of it. Hey, we're recording here. That's some loud ass music. I mean, we're 11 floors up. That was pretty loud. <laughs> that was some loud music. Um, you know, it, it's looking at the recovery aspect, you know, um, you know, when you're doing and performing really any exercise, uh, your heart rate begins to go up and then, you know, we're looking at how quickly you can recover going back down. Now that is one, a, a big telling sign of, um, uh, you know, where you're at in terms of health and fitness, uh, how well you recover, how quickly your heart rate recovers, uh, typically is a good sign that you are getting to a healthier point. Uh, it means your body is being able to, uh, regain control of itself much easier. Um, it's much more aware of what's going on and what's happening, what you're putting it through. And it can kind of, uh, get itself back to a normal function much faster. The thing with strength training and heart rates that most people, I think don't see is how strength training can actually really elevate your heart rate when you're performing certain exercises. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of done this to ourselves and, and we've seen it with a couple of people, um, when we're training them, if someone's doing an exercise and they're using 15 pound dumbbells, Dude, I feel like we're on CNN right now. It's real nice. I feel like we're, I feel like we're on location like covering nightly, nightly of, news show, some type of political shakeup. Oh, that's There's not, a filibuster right here, and we're covering it. That is not something you want the two of us covering. Yeah, we don't have shit. Um, you know, but if somebody's going through it and, and using 15-pound dumbbells for, like, an overhead press or something like that, and we look at their my zone, and, like, they're only hanging out in, like, 60 65%, something like that, the blue zone, you're, I mean, you're helping yourself. You're, you're exercising, but you're leaving a lot on the table. You know, we kind of want to be seeing the heart rate get up into – the green, possibly get up into the yellow. We don't really need to touch too much into red or so forth, um, you know, with strength training as much, uh, but we do want to see the heart rate still get elevated in that manner. Cause that means we're 
again, bringing some form of intensity to what we're doing. So that might be when we turn around and hand you 17 and a half pound dumbbells or 20 pound dumbbells and have you press those instead to try and get the heart rate to go up a little bit higher. And we've done, I've done, seen this happen with myself when I'm lifting, we've seen it happen with other people, you know, people who truly end up challenging themselves with certain exercises and how easily, you know, within 10 reps, their heart rate shoots from, you know, fifties, 60% to 70, 80%. And then they set the weight down and then the heart rate comes back down, you know, and that's kind of what you want to be looking at with strength training, perform the exercise, let the heart rate go up and then rest, let the heart rate come down and then go again. So if we're looking at kind of like the, uh, you know, the idea of it, you kind of want like this rolling hill effect of the heart rate going up, heart rate coming down, do your next set, heart rate going up, heart rate coming back down when you're resting. And that's kind of where like the strength training realm of things is, is going to be important for, for the heart rate. I was kind of all over the place there, but that was good. You get it. Uh, full transparency. I was posting in the members group. So I didn't hear half of what you said at yeah, the beginning. Yeah. So if that's I repeat right. anything, it is what it is. Hey, it's, it's free. free. Exactly. It's free. So yeah, you know, we're talking about kind of the correlation or the effect or the overlap or whatever, the interaction between strength training and heart rate. It's exactly what Tyler said. You know, when we're working, you know, we want to see that heart rate elevate. Uh, and then we want to see that heart rate come back down. Your cardiovascular fitness will dictate how quickly that heart rate comes back down, uh, which is a sign of being in better shape, recovering quicker. So that's one of those things, you know, people talk about, oh, they don't feel like they're making progress or when does it get easier or whatever it might be. You know, we've talked about different markers of progress in the past and the ability to recover more quickly between bouts of exercise between sets uh, is, is an important way to measure progress. It's an important way to mark, uh, mark progress in your fitness. Whereas, um, you know, you, you don't, you, if you're, if you're doing like one set and you're out of breath for like 10 minutes, right. That's not where we want to yeah. be. That, that's, that's a lot of times why people come to the gym is because they walk up the steps at home and they got to take a break for 10 minutes or, yeah. you know, we hear that a lot of times with people. So that's, that's kind of a way we see progress there and how heart rate can kind of go with strength training and the ability to recover in between sets. Um, and also too, when we talk about strength training and heart rates, a lot of times we've talked about this in the past, you know, with main exercise, like main strength exercises, a lot of times people kind of combine both and you just end up in this weird kind of gray area where it's, it's not optimal strength training and it's not optimal, like cardio fat burning yeah. type work. You're kind of in the middle where it's affecting both your ability. It's limiting your ability to lift heavier weights with good form because your heart rate's staying too high as you head into a set. Uh, you know, like Tyler talked about that heart rate, we want to see that creep up during the set, but we shouldn't enter the set with a super high heart rate, especially on a compound movement that has a lot of technique to it. Um, because it's just going to limit the form. It's going to limit the amount of, uh, you know, weight that you're able to do. So we want to keep those things separate when you, when you kind of mash that together, it's, it's like, it's like getting a playboy to read the articles. <laughs> doesn't make it. It's not, it doesn't make any sense, right? If you want to yeah. read, you want to read good articles take that elsewhere. Right. Yeah. So keep those things separate, like really focus, you know, when you get into some of the accessory stuff or some 
uh, isolation stuff where yeah. you're using smaller muscles, little muscles that can't handle heavier loads, exercises that aren't as technique heavy, that it's not as difficult to execute. You know, then you can pick the pace up a little bit. You can cram some of that work in there uh, to be more efficient. But when it comes to those like compound technique driven exercises that you can handle a heavy load on, you know, we want to enter those at a, at a reasonable heart rate. Cause if it's too high, then your muscles aren't going to get what they need to, to function. So it's a very, it's a complex topic for sure. Um, you know, weightlifting, if you, if you do a ton of cardio and you're in pretty good cardio shape, you know, the weightlifting is not going to jack your heart rate up as much, especially on no. some of those. It depends how much, how, how much muscle you're using. Yeah. You know, if you're doing some, some lateral raises and you're only using your shoulders, like it's not a very big muscle. So your heart's not going to have to work very hard to support that. You know, if you're doing a, a barbell thruster, yeah. you know, where you're using all your lower body, your core, your upper body, like your heart rate's going to get much higher because you're using more muscles. So your heart has to get blood to more muscles. So it has to pump harder, work harder. So there's a lot of variables at play. There's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of impact from one versus the other, how strength training impacts your heart rate, how heart rate impacts your strength training, how we want to kind of attack both of those things um, individually at times. And then, you know, with some accessory isolation type stuff, you can, you can kind of combine those a little bit and in, into some, you know, circuits and supersets and giant sets or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but good, good question. Good topic. Yeah. Um, complicated topic that I think a lot of people, since we've brought my in are really missing on, you know, they're, they're focusing on all oh, my heart rate's not getting up there on an exercise where they should be focusing on pushing more weight, Yeah. you know, or, or moving more weight. Um, you know, so people are definitely getting a little too wrapped up in maximizing the maps and getting the heart rate up as high as possible for as long as possible. So, uh, it's a really good topic, uh, to, to dive in on for sure. Pretty sure I got like 60 maps in my workout the other day. Yeah. My lifting, like, yeah. well, first of all, I need to work harder, but <laughs> my lifting, I can't get my heart rate up. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I, I just started getting back into like some real consistent lifting, um, and, you know, wearing my, my, my zone, which I wasn't doing for a while, you know, but I'm getting back into it. And that was a big thing that I kind of noticed was like a lot of my compound based movements, like I, not much was really happening there, you know, but even with not much happening, like I, you know, you still got to take your rest in between, you know, so the, the heart rate is going to drop back down. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure my average effort for majority of those workouts is only sitting in high 50% to 60 something percent, you know, just because that's where kind of like the working, working weight is currently for me, you know, starting back up and getting back into this type of, you know, movement pattern and whatnot. So it definitely is not just about the maps. It's about, you know, what you're trying to do and being able to gauge out, you know, with my zone as a tool for data, if you are doing it the right way. So that's a, that's great a great question. Thing. Yeah. Really good question. Shout out uh, Monique. Monique on that one. Really good one. All right. Question two from Jenna and Katanning. Besides actually running, are there any other specific exercises that help with training for a 5k? Oh uh, yeah. Lots. Yeah. So lo lots of good stuff. So one thing that is cool, um, with running is you can, you can improve your aerobic fitness. 
uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, that's probably what's helped us throughout the oh, yeah. uh, years, last couple of years. Um, stay healthy, uh, not be bored, not hate ourselves. Yep. Um, so there's any anything where you're you're working on your aerobic fitness, which means we're working at an appropriate heart rate that's not super intense. Um, the kind of general rule to find out what that is is 180 minus your age. Uh, kind of gives you your upper aerobic limit. And then, so you want to do some, some cardio, it could be biking, it could be elliptical, it could be Stairmaster, any rowing, you know, anything that gets your heart rate up kind of close to that number, but not really going above it. You can improve your aerobic fitness in any way, which is going to help your efficiency when it comes to running. Um, so that's stuff that can help that cross training is very, helpful. Oh yeah. Reduces some of the pounding on the joints. Yeah. The you impact know, if you're biking versus running, then you're going to save your ankles, your knees, your hips, um, you know, all of that stuff shins. Uh, yeah. You know, you're going to save some of that pounding. Um, but then also, you know, what we've kind of found from the first year that we got into, or that I got into, you were ahead of me on that, but the That's, first year yeah. that I got into <laughs> marathon stuff, um, was keeping lower body strength training in there the yeah, whole time. You have to. Um, not only does it help make you more like resistant to injury, uh, which is resilient, big. yeah, but it's also going to improve your running performance. If you are stronger, if your legs are stronger, then each time you push off the ground, you're going to be able to push off harder. You're going to get a stronger push on every step, which is going to propel you a little bit further forward on every step or faster. Um, and it's going to improve your pace. Uh, we've had yeah. multiple, we've had multiple people run for years and years and years that never strength trained that have joined our training yeah. programs. And the next time they run, they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe how much better my pace was much faster. And yeah. So incorporating a lot of that lower body strength training, uh, hamstring stuff, glute stuff, yeah. obviously quads, calves, you know, all of that stuff is going to be really important to keep you healthy uh, allow you to be able to absorb that pounding a little bit, but also improve your performance and improve your, your pace and your speed um, is going to be important as well. Uh, and then I guess the last thing I would throw in there that would, that would help is, is mobility work. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do in our, in our AF functional mobility sessions revolves around the feet and the ankles, yep, hips. Um, the hips, the knees, all of that stuff, uh, which, which definitely causes problems with people in, in running. So those would be the big three areas of things besides just flat out running. Yeah. Um, that can help, um, you know, improving aerobic fitness in any way, especially low impact ways to counteract all the running is huge. Strength training is huge to keep you healthy and keep you strong and make you uh, better able to perform well. And then all the mobility stuff to also keep you healthy. And then I guess an extra bonus oh. would be with your actual running, We've talked about this in the past as well. Don't just, you know, just like we talked about with the heart rate stuff, you, you don't want to get caught in this weird middle of like speed, high intensity, high heart rate running and like logging miles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if at the very least, if you can run twice a week and make one of them like harder, shorter bursts, like speed work or hill work where you're running oh, up yeah, a hill, yeah. walking back down, running up a hill, walking back down something where you're going faster or you're working harder. Uh, your heart rate's getting really high during those shorter bouts of running, uh, on one day. And then another day where you really slow down and keep your heart rate under control for a longer distance. 
uh, splitting those up into separate things really helps the overall performance of being able to really build up miles very quickly. Yeah. A lot of times people just go out and try to run as hard as they can for as far as they can. And again, they end up in that weird middle ground uh, of not really being able to go any further because they're burning themselves out and they're working too hard and it becomes anaerobic versus aerobic and everything that kind of goes into that as yeah. well. So uh, a lot of, a lot of good stuff. I don't know if you have anything to add there. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to kind of touch in. So like you really have to think about running and what is being utilized when you're doing that running is us obviously moving in a forward, you know, motion, which means it's, it's nothing but an anterior based movement, meaning the posterior chain, the hamstrings and the glutes, especially really aren't being used like at all. Like if you've ever looked at a runner, like they don't have an ass, like it's just the reality of it. And it's simply because their body has adapted to the fact that all they do is run. So it's pared down the muscle and the glutes because it's realized that they're not necessary for what they are doing. And they basically just are very efficient at running, you know? So with us, you know, we, we were lifters first before we were runners, you know, we, we had a lot of muscle, you know, within the posterior chain that was starting to not be used. And that is what started to lead to um, a lot of issues with like cramping and, you know, higher risk of injury and things like that. So I would definitely argue that, you know, when training the lower body, yes, training your quads is still important, but I would double down on training the posterior chain, hamstrings, glutes, you know, calves, um, and then even, you know, the, the calves, I'd kind of argue maybe flip be working a little bit on like the tibia region and so forth like that. I know that was a big thing that you did that helped out your knee pain and so forth a lot, you know, um, like there's some, there's some very little kind of nuancey things to that, that I would be looking at doing because they will be extremely helpful in the longevity practice of running and keeping you wanting to run. Cause I know at the first year I ran the marathon, my entire like both of my legs by the end of the race were both cramped fully and it was the worst, like it was not good, you know? And then when we went into it for the second time, that was a big concern that I had going in on it. We did a little bit better with it, but we both got some hard hamstring cramps, you know, about 20 miles in, you know, so come third marathon for me, second one for Ryan, like that was a big focus. And we're thankful that like we did get better, I think we both still ended up cramping, but like we were much further into the race before we started having issues. Yeah. I think I, I think I made it 20 miles kind of nonstop before I started having any type of issue, Yeah, uh, which was much further than the first time. And yeah, I mean, my first race, I got to a half and yeah. I was, I was and, cramping. And I mean, different, different world just cause it was just kind of run walk, but didn't sure. have any cramping issues on the, the 50 mile thing. A yeah. lot of that's, um, you know, nutrition and and sodium and all that so yeah tweaked a lot of that stuff but yeah for the five yeah for 5k not as not know. as important on the nutrition and fueling no. side of things but yeah, yeah all those things that, that we talked about will definitely play a big role and yeah and not I, only being able to do it and perform but not you know feel like total shit doing yeah. it so you can actually enjoy the process there yeah and and ryan's standpoint that he was talking about with like strengthening lower body helps with giving you a little bit more power off your step, which is obviously going to increase your pace. If you pair that aspect, the fact that you're, you know, giving you more power per step is going to increase your pace of your run. And the fact that if you 
work the other spectrum, which is that aerobic capacity, like you will find that your running is going to get dramatically better, like dramatically, like you're going to go from a one mile pace of 12 minutes to a one mile pace of 10, you know, two miles will go from being, you know, 25, 26 minutes long to being, you know, maybe 20, 21, 22. Like you'll find that if you do that, those sort of things, like consistently, again, like we talk about all the time, like you're going to get a lot of benefit out of it. So it's a, it's important. Next. Next. Two great. Yeah. Two really good questions. It might be closing in on 10 o'clock at night here. We're, we're, we're I feel pretty good right now. I mean, we're rolling. Yeah. I feel, I feel pretty good. I feel like those first two questions, they were, they were solid. We provided at least nine ninety nine a month worth of value. Dang. It's free show. So dang. Um, what are the three best leg strengthening moves exercises? Which we we kind of we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. Yeah, good question. Um, the cool thing is, you don't have to just pick three. Nope. You can do whatever the hell you want. So there's really four. Uh, I think main ones yeah, that four, we kind four, of four staples. On and each of them all have variations of them, mm-hmm. single leg, two legs at a time, whatever it might be. And but, then more variations that come yeah, that spawn from ways, that. Yeah. Different ways to load it, you know, with a bar, uh, dumbbell, kettlebells, kettlebells, weighted vests, you know, whatever. Like, There's all, all different variations, yeah. but your four best kind of bang for your buck exercises for the lower body are going to be squats. It's going to be lunges. It's going to be deadlifts of some sort, and it's going to be uh, some type of hip thrust, box bridge type of thing that, yep. that you know primarily focuses on glutes and hamstrings. So those are the four best ones. Um, you know, machine stuff can kind of be a little bit of icing on the cake to to pump those muscles up a little bit. But in terms of strengthening, especially, you know, some of those exercises might have a little bit of a role in in muscle building, but um in terms of really strengthening those are going to be the best uh best bang for your buck for sure where you're working the most amount of muscles you can hit them with the heaviest load usually mm-hmm. you know in squats and, and deadlifts you're using much heavier weight than leg extensions you know yeah. leg curls so um yeah those those four you know if you if you only want to do three pick three of those four yeah. and do those um, but th- those are the big, big four, the, the kind of money four there that are going to get you the most bang, most for, your bang for your buck, there yeah. on the, the lower body. And again, like going in, like you basically just want to spawn off different variations of those four and the list can go on and on and on and on for that back squat, front squat, goblet squat, box squat, single leg squat, split squat, Bulgarian split squats, sissy squats. Like there are a lot of different squat variations, deficit squats, deadlifts can go on and on standard barbell, hex bar, RDLs, deficit RDLs, deficit deadlifts, blah, 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 block pools, rack pools, you know, different things along those lines, um, lunges, walking, reverse, stationary, forward, side, lateral, you know, step through lunges, curtsy lunges, deficit based lunges lots of different variations oh, like it just i don't know man what was the other one hip oh, hip, hip thrust and glute bridges don't really have too many um they, they, do single leg yeah you can do single leg around. based stuff with that stuff Bands, like you know, band based but like but yeah like you, you get the you get the point like people get so caught up in this thing of like 
needing the next new exercises, something super cool. You know, you see somebody do this weird thing with the, you know, the hamstring curl machine at, at the gym and you feel like you got to do it, you know, like stick with, stick with the staples and just spawn the different variations from that. You know, if you're going to heavy squat, then go do a nice RDL with it and then do, you know, some single leg, you know, hip thrusts or box bridges. You got a good little leg workout going on there. You know, it doesn't have to be anything complicated. Like you just got to find and play around with the different variations of it. Little bonus. One sled. Oh, actually, sled that's a yeah. sled pull. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Easy to do, low stress on the joints. I mean, and great for building some really good leg capacity, fatigue, and, and pushing through fatigue. Yeah. So th- those, those five, I guess, you know, yeah. pick any three, rotate around between those five, three at a time if you want. But yeah, you know, all the other stuff leg press, leg curls, leg extensions. I mean, step ups. Yeah. You know, like the, the, cool. the good throw some variety in there, but the, the meat and potatoes, if you will, is going to be those, those four or five that we, that yeah, we rattled off for there. sure. Um, where are we at on time? Um, when we talked about it, we were at about nine 30. So I, I think we're pushing like 35 minutes. We got another quick one. Yes. All right. When is the best time to do cardio? Whatever the hell you want. See you guys next week. Just kidding. Damn. We've talked about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before. It doesn't, doesn't matter, one, but um, doesn't matter. Uh, depends on what your priority is, what your goals are. Yeah. Uh, if your goal is to be as strong as possible and, and to build as much muscle as possible, then you probably don't want to do too much cardio beforehand. You want to save your energy uh, to be able to put the most into your lifting. Um, if you're preparing for some type of cardio event or you're trying to improve your cardio or, or you're trying to, you know, focus on some of the benefits of cardio, maybe it's to, to, to work, get off heart meds or yeah. you know, something like that. Like if cardio and improving that is your focus, then you're going to want to do that first and put the most energy to it. If it's for fat loss, doesn't really matter that yeah. much. You know, if you do it before you do it after, as long as you're moving, it's and as long as the nutrition where it is where it needs to be, not going to have a big effect. So, you know, this is one of those things that you'll read about in in the magazines. Oh God, if they exist still, or you'll see all, all over you'll social see media somebody in like booty shorts and a sports bra that's like, should you do your cardio before or after? And they'll make it seem like it's a make or break thing. Yeah, it's not. It's it's a it's a one percenter thing. Like it's a yeah. if you're if you're shredded and you're trying to get ready for some type of shoot, uh, yeah, photo, photo shoot or a show yeah. or something, and you're trying to take it to like that maximal level, then maybe that stuff matters. If you're an Olympic athlete, maybe it matters. Yeah. But if your general population trying to get a little fitter, trying to get a little stronger, trying to build a little more, trying to look a little better, it's really not going to make a difference one way or the other. Um, Again, unless you are really wanting to prioritize your goals in terms of I want to build strength, I want to build muscle, or I want to improve my cardio, doing it first or second for fat loss isn't really going to matter. Yeah, and I I, I would add in, obviously, like it's going on 10 o'clock here, so I know we're going to wrap up, but um, 
you know, another thing to kind of think about is also like, how much time do you have, you know, to put towards, you know, working out throughout the week. If you're somebody that like, I want to work out five days a week, then like split your shit up, like lift for three days, do cardio for two, lift for four days, do cardio for one, you know, like you can really maximize that, you know, to have the focus be building strength and then still be able to work on, you know, your cardiovascular health and so forth. That's, that's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm going, lifting three days a week, trying to get at least two days of cardio in, you know, yeah, split it up, splitting it up is, is, is a great way stop, to stop by and play boy for the articles. Yeah. Like it, it's an easy way to keep yourself active throughout the week. Make sure that you're getting some decent active recovery in, in between your strength training days. Like it's a really easy way to look at it. Now, if you're pushed for time, you can only get in two, three days a week and so forth into the gym. Different story. This is where that it doesn't matter. You know, think about your priority. Are you trying to build strength and muscle? Well, then save cardio for afterwards. You know, if it doesn't really matter and you're just doing it to be healthy, then, hey, so be it. Do what you want to do, you know, or if you're trying to just get better or prep for an event or something like that, then do it beforehand. Like, you just have to really think about, like, what are you doing right now? Like, what is your goal? And then figure it out from there. Beautiful episode. Look at, that. Look at the background. Look at this that. thing looks like a freaking castle. So good. Awesome. I mean, this is. Uh, it was, gonna, it was, it was worth lugging the like 30 pounds. Are worth we going to leave this set up in case we do more? Or are we going to try to recreate? Cause this is really encroaching upon my sleep space here. So, um, well, I think. This could possibly. I mean, we're gonna have to eat those cookies. So we're gonna lose a little bit of our tower here. Uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, we'll figure it out, <laughs> and you better figure it out if you're not watching the video version. That's it. Because this backdrop, again, Amazing. I don't know what the award, the top awards are for podcasts. The Webbies, maybe is that a thing? Uh, that is know. a thing. I don't know if it's for podcasts. Whatever. Though. If there's a, whatever the awards, whatever the whatever the the Emmy is for podcasts, whatever the Grammy is for podcasts. If this backdrop doesn't get us nominated, <laughs> what uh, does? Yeah, I don't know. What does? Like I said, I feel like the only course of action going forward is to just grab a hotel room in, in various cities with, every couple with, weeks with backdrops and just bang out a you know six to eight weeks worth of episodes. because uh, this is on this is unbeatable. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. It, it, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, yeah. it's I, I mean if you guys just want to pause the video and just admire enjoy it a little bit longer i mean go ahead and do that now and then you're good to go so we'll see you next week episode 106 in the books 105 106 packed with all of your questions and i feel like some really really good answers oh so, yeah a lot of helpful info we, we still got more we got we more still got more questions coming probably tomorrow because it's after 10 yeah uh so this is what this is what we talked about on episode 104 about just making it happen making making it yeah. happen where it's it's past 10 o'clock you can see it's dark out with this beautiful capitol building in the background i got a decaf we're, and we're, we're getting after we're it. planning on waking up early to, to go for a morning walk goddamn making it happen goddamn so we'll see you next time episode 106 in the books appreciate you see you